From Schwartz Media, I'm Osman Faruqi. This is 7am. The QAnon conspiracy theory focused on a belief in the existence of a satanic child sexual abuse ring has been collecting followers worldwide. Here in Australia, one of its adherents is a man called Tim Stewart, who also happens to be a longtime friend of Prime Minister Scott Morrison. Now, questions are being asked about Tim Stewart's influence on the Prime Minister. Today, contributor to the Saturday paper, Richard Cook, on what drives people to QAnon and the threat it poses in Australia. Richard, let's kick things off with a definition. What exactly is QAnon and where did it all come from? Okay, um, I'll I'll try and summarise briefly because there are so many tenets of Q. One of the reasons that QAnon has been successful uh, is that it's kind of a super theory of conspiracies. It can accommodate all sorts of pre-existing or speculative new conspiracies and make a sort of unified theory out of them. So pretty much the idea is that there are satanic pedophiles or Luciferian pedophiles, they call them sometimes, who are involved in the trafficking, abuse, sacrifice and utilisation of children for producing a product called adrenochrome, which is supposed to be a kind of drug. These satanic individuals are predominantly leftist politicians or people in the media or especially Hollywood. And Donald Trump was elected as a kind of emissary of the forces of light to take these forces on and ultimately defeat them. QAnon is predominantly online and it came from a kind of uh, precursor uh, conspiracy theory called Pizzagate. Uh, If you like, Q is an elaboration on Pizzagate. Pizzagate is Judaism, uh, QAnon is Christianity and Q is their Jesus. So I remember when Pizzagate sort of first hit the headlines, it seemed pretty weird and confusing. Do you mind just walking us through what it is and how it fits into this bigger puzzle of of QAnon? Yeah. So John Podesta, who was the former White House chief of staff and Hillary Clinton's campaign chair, um, had a tranche of emails leaked. More than 1,900 emails released just this weekend. We are talking about a slow leak every day, a new batch. And the Clinton campaign knows this could be a problem. And in these emails, he made repeat references to pizza. And Pizzagate was a conspiracy theory based on the idea that every time he was saying, let's get some pizza, he actually meant, let's abuse some children. What is going on at that pizza shop? What are the references to pizza throughout John Podesta's emails? What is a pizza pack? And why was John Podesta... And that these people were involved in ritual child sexual abuse. Cannibalism, a network of satanic ritual abuse involving George Soros and the entire DNC. All this pedophile stuff that's going on in Hollywood, it's all connected, it's all connected. And the Comet Pizza restaurant was supposed to be the place that these children were trafficked. In a nutshell, Pizzagate is real. Uh, it is a trap. It's going to be used as a honeypot. But what it is is a keyhole. It's the, it's the door to the rabbit hole. So this was already a bit of a retread of some tropes which go back to the 1980s uh, and even further than that of sort of people being involved 
in shadowy, satanic organisations that are abusing or even sacrificing children. But 28-year-old Edgar Madison Welch of North Carolina, he walked into a restaurant full of customers yesterday, fired the weapon, according to police, and pointed it at an employee. No one, thankfully. The incident that created most alarm around Pizzagate was an individual going armed to the Comet Pizza restaurant, pointing his firearms at staff and uh, eventually firing a round before being arrested. Telling police he was there to investigate a conspiracy theory called Pizzagate. This man genuinely believed that there were abused children being kept in the basement of Comet Pizza. My understanding is that it didn't even have a basement, but that he went there insisting on liberating them and fortunately didn't harm anybody. So after that, people started to take these concerns more seriously. You know, this is not just an internet outlier. This is something which is causing changes in people's behaviour, which could have lethal consequences. And how widespread is it, Richard? How many people actually believe in these things? Um, That is hard to judge. There are polls which have shown that up to 25% of registered Republican voters believe some or all of the QAnon theory. I mean, there are there are at least two congresspersons in the freshman class of, of Congress who were card-carrying QAnon adherents. Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Bobert were both QAnon proponents who have since kind of distanced themselves from that upon assuming office. But just recently, there have been concerted sort of joint efforts between some state Republicans and QAnon posting boards or influencers to try and encourage QAnon adherents uh, to seek local office at local levels in the United States, potentially as a way to delegitimize future elections. And there are multiple people, you know, many millions of people who were involved in QAnon social media groups um, before most of those were purged by Facebook and Twitter. But it's certainly something which, you know, on the ground in America and increasingly in Australia, you notice, you know, I remember meeting people who were into Pizzagate or into QAnon, and I've since watched as people at the outer edges of my friends group on Facebook have gotten drawn into this. And so, Richard, why is QAnon in the news here in Australia right now? QAnon is making local news in Australia because Four Corners, the flagship national current affairs show, has explored the links between Scott Morris and the Prime Minister and an old friend of his, family friend, called Tim Stewart, who is one of the leading local proponents of QAnon. And their suggestion is that he may have sought to influence the Prime Minister influence some of his views, influence some of his language, potentially. We'll be back in a moment. Need a reminder of what political leadership looks like? Australia's master of political satire, Jonathan Biggins, is back embodying the iconic Paul Keating. 
visionary, reformer, and rabble-rouser. Due to overwhelming demand, one-man comedy The Gospel According to Paul is returning to the Opera House, on from the 4th to 23rd of June for its final term ever. Secure your tickets now at sydneyoperahouse.com for an unforgettable evening. As a a 7am listener, you're already familiar with many of the journalists who work for the Saturday Paper. For a limited time, subscribe to Australia's leading independent news source, The Saturday Paper, and you'll receive The Saturday Paper's stainless steel coffee cup, made in collaboration with Fresco, for free. Subscribe from just $2.10 a week. Simply visit thesaturdaypaper.com.au forward slash offer. Richard, we're talking about the alleged links between QAnon and Scott Morrison. The ABC's flagship investigations program, Four Corners, explored those earlier this week. Can you tell me about what they actually laid out? Yeah, there is a old family friend of the Morrisons called Tim Stewart. His wife, Linnell Stewart, has been employed at Kirribilli House. And both Tim Stewart and his son, Jesse Stewart, have become leading proponents of the QAnon conspiracy theory in Australia. Late last year, the Stewart family became so concerned they took the extraordinary step of reporting Tim and Jesse Stewart to the National Security Hotline several times. And there was a suggestion that Tim Stewart had sought to influence Scott Morrison and sought to feed him some of the phrases or ideas that may have originated with QAnon. The program reported a text message received by an associate of Stewart with a copy of a message he had sent to his wife, Linnell. An army of victims and therapists would specifically love it if Scott's apology referenced ritual abuse victims. This exact wording is a key phrase for victims. So Tim Stewart claimed that he had suggested to Scott Morrison that Morrison used the phrase ritual sexual abuse while making Australia's formal apology to victims of institutional abuse. The crimes of ritual sexual abuse happened in schools, churches, youth groups. Morrison did use that phrase, but whether or not that came directly from Stuart or indeed whether it matters is not something that uh, he or his office spoke to directly. I find it deeply offensive that there would be any suggestion that I would have any involvement or support for such a dangerous organisation. I clearly do not. Even the, the argument made by the program is that the link is tenuous, but QAnon people take absolutely everything as affirmation of their view, um, even though their entire sort of uh, religious aspect was built around the re-election of Donald Trump, um, many began to decide that Biden was in fact part of the plan to take on the Luciferian pedophiles. Um, They're sort of self-generating. So Richard, this is essentially how Q works, right? It uses these phrases that are kind of code words amongst the adherents and within the movement, picks them up and blows them up and, and kind of makes them the almost secret key to unpacking this large conspiracy? That's right. I mean, I think one of the best descriptions that I've heard of QAnon is that it's an online game. That that doesn't seem natural at first, but for the people who put these clues together, for the people who know these code words, uh, for the people who know particular tropes like wearing red shoes, 
does become a way to gamify their understanding of politics. And it's also something that they can seek themselves. One thing I've noticed about QAnon proponents is that their friends tend to abandon them um, when they start expressing these beliefs. And then vociferous new QAnon-affiliated friends take their place. So you can see how that process ratchets people further and further away um, from the people that they were before. And Richard, I mean, how serious do you think the risk is, not just in this particular context that you're talking about and perhaps not even thinking about the relationship between Tim Stewart and Scott Morrison, but more broadly, Mm. is it just this kind of silly, ludicrous, kooky internet theory or is it something that can have tangible and dangerous effects in the real world? Well, Morrison himself called it a dangerous organisation. That suggests that there are people that security agencies are keeping an eye on. The FBI sort of look at it as one of a number of domestic terror threats, some of which are conspiratorial in origin. QAnon has not produced a whole lot of political violence. There's only been one murder that I know of, which has been linked to QAnon, and that was of a mafia crime figure where a Gambino underboss was shot by someone who was a Q adherent who thought that he was somehow linked to the conspiracy. There, there has been someone who blockaded a dam, uh, the road over a dam. There have been some people who have prepared weapons caches. But if we're talking about sort of triaging it as a risk, if we look at the number of people who are in QAnon and the amount of violence they've produced versus a website like Stormfront, which is, you know, the major white nationalist forum on the internet, people posting on Stormfront have committed more than 100 murders between them. So QAnon is, is not an especially high physical risk. I think its, it's risk is more to the long-term political health of the nations where it really takes hold. What do you mean by that? What makes it a risk to political health? Um, well, what I mean is that QAnon is part of a broader movement to, especially in the United States, to delegitimize electoral results in which Democrats are elected. The overwhelming majority of Republican voters believe that Biden did not win the 2020 election. So there's a body of people who are especially invested. They're not interested in evidence to the contrary of their position. They see themselves on a moral, even a religious crusade. And those people will play a role, perhaps an integral role, in future efforts to delegitimize these elections. I mean, if you have local electoral authorities who are stacked with QAnon influences, and there are real efforts to do that right now, an election like 2020, the outcome of it would look very, very different. And I'm concerned that that's what we're going to see in the coming years. Richard, thanks so much for your time today. Thanks, Oz. Sydney Dance Company explodes on stage with Memento. This world premiere by acclaimed choreographer Raphael Bonicella is unmissable contemporary dance. Strictly limited season from the 28th of May to the 8th of June. 
Book now at sydneydancecompany.com. Also in the news today, from midnight tonight, Melbourne's 25-kilometre travel limit will be lifted and those in the city will be able to have two visitors per day to their home. Density caps for indoor venues have also been increased, but the state government has foreshadowed that further restrictions will be eased slowly. And after four weeks, the ceasefire negotiated between Israel and Hamas has been broken, with the Israeli military resuming airstrikes on Gaza yesterday. The bombing campaign followed a far-right Israeli march through East Jerusalem, which Hamas said was a provocation. In response, it launched flammable balloons designed to damage crops and fields. I'm Osman Faruqi, and Ruby Jones will be back in the hosting chair tomorrow. See you next time.